0: The following presentation has been brought to you by HSF Productions. Hey guys, welcome back to IWPV. Impromptu Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tally006. Over to my left, as always, is my brother Damien. How's it going this week?
1: Uh, it's been a week, but um excited to to talk some wrestling this week.
0: <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Let's not dwell on the negatives of this week. Let's dwell on the pretty decent week of wrestling that we witnessed this week. Uh, we got a really good show coming up for all of you. We got some breaking kayfabe talking about the new signings. We got a special edition of scoop of vanilla where we're going to talk about the newest legend to officially retire with quotation marks. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, BTE as always AEW dark where a certain wrestler got his first win, which we'll talk about. And, uh, AW Dynamite as always, as uh this is basically the go home show before this big special event next week being winter is coming. But with that being said, why don't we get right into the show with some breaking K Fabe? So news broke this week, um, pretty early this week. I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. Um top flight the the new upcoming uh, tag team we've seen them a couple times on dark they got their title shot against the young bucks uh, last week on Dynamite they are hashtag all elite they are snatched up they're ready to go uh, what are your thoughts on on top flight we've only seen them a, a handful of times now but uh, it seems like they got a lot of buzz
1: yeah I mean they uh, I um, I, I'm not going to say you know they're Hall of Fame worthy at this point. Um, they they are pretty young, and you know this is probably the time to pick up a couple of guys like this. And um, you know they're going to learn from from Dustin and the boys. And uh, I I think they have all the potential in the world to be you know one of the greatest tag teams of all time. I, th- I think they have that athletic ability to get them there and the charisma. So I think it was a a really, really good pickup. Um, Yeah. What did you think about uh, top flight?
0: You know, from what I've seen so far, I'm not, I'm not sold on top flight yet, but I mean, when you look at it in the sports kind of realm of the way of thinking things, like you got to pick these guys up because four or five years down the road. Like these guys are, you know, cliche aside, these guys are the next Young Bucks. They're the next Hardy Boys. They're the next, you know, they're the next big thing. Uh, they're not quite there yet. They got a lot to learn. I mean, these guys are only 1921, but they are far beyond their years. And with a lot of years ahead of them, if they take care of themselves, you know, these, these two guys are, these two brothers are, are going to be really good really really good in a long you know down the down the line but uh, I'm not sold on them yet I mean we talked about it last week that that match with the bucks and we'll talk about them again as they go up against TH2 this week um just things are things are stock as we've said before and uh, those who know the reference will know the reference but uh you know potential and and you know you don't want to lose these guys to a WWE or an impact for sure because like i said down the road they're going to be really really good so i think it's a solid pickup for sure
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see you know if they push them or whatever i feel like this is when you know possibly some animosity can start to arise in the roster when you know these guys are just picked up and then you know, kind of given the push for, you know, so, no apparent reason. So hopefully there's no current tag teams that are going to be, you know, feeling disrespected by these guys just kind of being picked out of what seems to be nowhere. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they, they've had a dynamite match and who knows where they might go from there. So be interesting.
0: Yeah. I I, I like, I like that you brought that up because that's basically how I felt about this matchup against TH2 but we'll save that for when we talk about dynamite we'll get back into that. Let's move right into Scoop of Vanilla here. Uh this past weekend um this past Sunday was Survivor Series. It was a big deal, you know, one of the it's one of the big 4 pay-per-views for for WWE. Um I wasn't really paying attention to the build or, or any of that stuff. I some of the matches I knew of but weren't really, you know, invested in. But the big news that was coming out of Survivor Series was that it was gonna be Undertaker's final farewell, it is how they were branding it, how they were advertising it. Uh, it was 30 years to the day that Undertaker debuted at Survivor Series, and you know, his final farewell. 30 years later to the day, November 2nd, 1990 to 2020. um, One of the most iconic careers in, in in professional wrestling. You know, you like to say, hey, this guy had one of the best careers of the modern era. But I mean, when you really think about the spectrum of professional wrestling, um, Undertaker was the biggest and baddest that had, had ever done it. Um and I, I just think it's cool I think it needs to be acknowledged this guy is uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer I can guarantee you Hall of Fame class 2021 Undertaker will be a part of it there's no question about it
1: Yeah I and well deserved um so you know congratulations to to the Undertaker um do do we believe that that this is the official like is it gonna be you know rick flair come back 14 <laughs> he's gonna show times? up
0: in aew is that what you're saying rick flair retired from wwe showed up six months later in impact wrestled for another three years i think
1: <laughs> but, i I, uh, I mean i i could see him maybe wanting to be still in wrestling uh Like, how do you just, how do you just leave this business? I, yeah, that would seem strange to me, but, but I guess you don't know, you don't know his, his whole story. So
0: I know, I know him and Michelle have a younger daughter, like she's like nine or 10, eight or nine, something like that. Like she's fairly young. So, I mean, not that he's worked a ton, you know, in the past 10 years, but I mean, I'm sure he'd like to be at home and, and spend time with the family and stuff like that. So there's that, but I know I, I didn't get to watch the last ride, um. but I, I've seen clips from it and you know, that's kind of the closing question. Like, well, is this for real? Is this actually the last ride? And I, I believe it just kind of ends like, well, you know, you can never say never, but he feels like it's the end, you know? When, you know, WrestleMania is in, you know, less than six months away and this perhaps this matchup with Sting that we should have got four years ago, you know, I'm sure for the right money value and the right story, he'd be glad to, to put the time in to, to do it. I'm sure. But I, I saw some clips from his promo. It sucks that this didn't get to happen in front of a crowd. I think that's the worst, the worst part of it is that he has, you know, those retirement speeches. Daniel Bryan had a, had a good one, you know, when he retired before Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, like these guys get their moment on raw to, to talk to the WWE universe. And, and undertaker didn't really get that. And it kind of sucks, but I think for his sake, he, he, was glad that it happened this way because even with nobody in the building and just, you know, people on TV screens, he was still getting quite emotional. And for the icon, the phenom, that is the undertaker, you know, I know you're saying goodbye to a character, but you almost want to keep the character protected at that point. I don't know. I think he feels glad that he didn't like legit. I think with a crowd there, he would have legitimately burst out into tears, much like Shawn Michaels did, much like Ric Flair did. And I, I think there's a part of him who's glad he he had to do this in front of nobody. But I, I I mean, I was choked up still listening to him say, now the Undertaker can rest in peace. And I mean, like his voice was quivering. I'm, I'm tearing up just thinking about it, just playing it back in my head. It was, it was an emotional moment.
1: I have to go check that out. So he didn't have a match or anything. He just no addressed. The- it was uh
0: yeah. It was a celebration of the career that I think they they were showing highlights all through the night, from what I understood. And then he got his moment in the ring and 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 said his piece with with the crowd. Well, with the with the Thunderdome.
1: Was Kane yeah. there at all?
0: I, I think he was in the building. I don't think. I didn't get to see the whole thing. So I don't know if, you know how everybody lines, everybody shows up and and is on the ramp or anything like that. I don't, I didn't see that. I know they were pumping in crowd noise. Thank you, Taker. Okay. (laughs) It sounded really bad. It's like they had it recorded from... You know his 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 loss to Roman Reigns at uh, WrestleMania there a few we- years ago when the crowd was chanting because that's right. when we thought he was retiring kind of thing. So I don't but, know that yeah, that no will way. ever
1: be perfected. That pumped in crowd noise.
0: No, we're gonna we'll probably no, no.
1: talk about it. It sucked on Dynamite this week.
0: It's terrible. <laughs> they need to get, uh, they need to get a hold of the Atlanta Falcons because, I mean, they were doing it for years. It took like four years before they figured oh. out that the Falcons were pumping in crowd noise.
1: There you go. There you go. WWE. Yeah. You got to talk to the Falcons.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Congratulations to The Undertaker. 30 years. You're, you're one of the best in, uh, you know, there's a part of me that just wants to see it it go, but I would if he's if he's showing up for another match, I, I'm I'm buying the pay-per-view. I'm I'm going to watch. So Right, right. It is what it is. All right. With that being said, let's get right into being the elite. Right, this was episode 231, one chip challenge. And I mean, I saw this title. I was like, okay, this has something to do with the BTE championship, but what is a one chip challenge? They're going to have a bunch of lays out and just in bowls and you can only eat one. and You got to sit there and stare at this bowl of chips. You know, like what's the one chip <laughs> challenge? So I, I was, you I was, wouldn't super, be able to do that challenge. I would not know that. <laughs> All, all the bowls had been gone. I don't even want the boat. I want shit. <laughs> but uh, I mean, overall, you know, we've been up and down with BTE episodes the last, you know, three months. But this was this was an up episode. I, I really enjoyed this. I thought all the skits were at least entertaining, um, edited well. This was a good episode.
1: Yeah, I I felt. I was I was actually watching this in the car while I was uh, waiting uh, at an appointment and I I look over to my left because there was somebody parked waiting in their car beside me. And I'm like, are they noticing me like laughing to myself? Like
0: <laughs>
1: they might not know I'm like looking at my phone right now, but uh, yeah, I found myself like literally laughing out loud. I, I can't remember in the last little while where BTE did that. So, yeah, I thought it was a really, really good, good episode.
0: Um, I mean, I got to ask you, it was the cold open. We get to see the alien herself, Chris Datlander, second sighting in, in less than a month. What would you think of this? Is she back? Is she coming back?
1: Well, that's funny because, so, as I said, I'm on my phone And, and for some reason I wasn't getting a a good cellular connection. And so my, my picture was like kind of pixelated and I'm like, couldn't tell if it was her until they got like actually close. And I'm like, oh, K-Stat, it didn't look (laughs) like she had the brace on her leg, So, I mean.
0: She had it wrapped up. It was like tensor bandaged. Okay. And she wasn't using the crutches that we saw her on last week. Like she was walking by herself. So that's, that's a good sign.
1: Yeah. Like I wouldn't say I expect to be back anytime this year, but it looks like it's getting closer and closer. So I think that's good news for a W it's good news for the ladies division because I don't know. They need to shake that up. We might talk about that later.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, You know, with that, we got some vloggy stuff. Uh, We got to see a little bit with Kip Sabian wanting a rematch with Leva Bates. Uh, She kicked his ass in a video game last week. He came to get some revenge. This time he brought his own controller. You know, he felt like uh, he wasn't using his own controller, so he was at a little bit of a disadvantage. Leva still uh, easily kicks his ass. I want to know what game they're playing, but I guess... Copyright laws, maybe you can't show that kind of stuff, but I want to know what they're playing. What they're pretending to play, anyways. Right, right. Why is he, why is he smashing the button so hard? I, I guess like, to
1: make it look like he's trying hard, but she's not trying yeah. hard.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: What, what do you think about Brandon Cutler knowing nothing about wrestling? Like what do you think about this spot?
0: <laughs> I, I I thought it was so funny because I was listening to our show last week just just before, you know, BTE goes out at noon. So Monday morning I'm listening to the show, making sure that I edited everything properly and whatnot. And I make the reference to spot monkeys. I was talking about the young bucks and the top fly man. I'm like, I hate the word spot monkey, but I mean, it was a very spot monkey type match. And then sure enough, BTE, Brandon doesn't know what a spot monkey is. He's in the bathroom looking for spot monkeys.
1: <laughs> He's looking and for spotted monkeys cat. with bananas. Yeah, but spotted
0: yeah. monkeys with bananas. And I just, more so than me uh, having an issue with Brandon Cutler not knowing anything about wrestling, I love Kazarian. Just, you, you mark, like... <laughs> How are you falling for this and, and stuff like that? I thought it was a great bit. i I, I don't know I, I'm like I like it. That's all I can say is I like it,
1: yeah. And then you add Nakazawa in there. like i I thought that was like a really smart touch just because they were in the bathroom. It was a callback to you know, yeah. a show a month and a half ago. yeah, it was all all really good stuff. It's not uh, the
0: first time Nakazawa's interrupted a bit to to do his business. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> um yeah, dark order stuff was was all good. Um and then we get this very long segment at the end yes. with the with the champion and, th- and and this is not even for the title. This is to determine the next contender.
0: The number and, one uh, contender.
1: Yeah, what did you think about this challenge and what did you think about the ending to it?
0: So I was enjoying everything. And then, yeah, the ending just kind of got screwy. I think they could have, they could have, how things actually happened, I think they could have twisted it and worked it into a better ending. But um, I was a little, I don't know, I was a little disappointed with how it ended. But um, after after all the talk of how you know Trent didn't even want the belt he, he i mean you can say he barely tried in the in the bottle flip challenge but now it's his idea to do this one chip challenge and then he's part of it he's going to put himself through through the you know the 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 ringer i guess <laughs> and then to actually volunteer to eat the, the, the extra bit of chip that Ricky Starks did not finish, uh, and, and win. Like it just, I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed silly. I think they could have, they could have, They could have came up with something. I feel.
1: Yeah. It's, it's almost like they didn't anticipate that people were not going to let up on this. Yeah. Right. Like they, they were, they seemed very determined there was going to be, you know, one person left standing. And then when it didn't work out, they didn't really know, they didn't really know what to do. Now, did, now I don't remember it, but did, did Trent just eat the rest that Ricky Starks supposedly didn't eat from the beginning? Or was he offered a brand new chip?
0: No, I there feel was, like, um, So when you watch at the beginning and I noticed it when you watch from the beginning, Ricky takes a bite, you see a piece fall onto the table. It's a, it's a small piece. It's not like a whole chip or anything like that, but there was a moment, you know, three quarters of the way through this bit where they were, they're like, Oh, well we have an extra chip. You know, maybe that's what needs to be done. Who, who will eat the second chip to get the chance at the championship. But then it was discovered that Ricky didn't even finish his. So it was whoever finishes the chip that Ricky didn't eat would be declared the winner. And it's unfortunate for Ricky because Ricky was handling it. I mean, you got to give props where props would do that. That, kid was stone cold he was playing it cool the whole time but i mean i i guess essentially because he didn't eat the whole chip himself that he was disqualified from you know this the second round but uh yeah i don't know lucha had it rough i feel uh solo had it rough <laughs> they yeah they were, he started they were off good
1: um, it seemed like Panda was not doing so well either, though it was hard to see on my phone, but. It, he was know. crying.
0: Yeah. His tears, he was his eyes were wet. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he touched, he touched his eyes. He, he like, he did something with his, with his fingers in the same hand that he took the chip. So he, he double dosed himself in a way. Wow. What I want to know is. What is this chip?
1: Oh, like the, these are like uh, they're I think they're made from hot peppers. Okay. Um, I I I've seen this chip like on a, a show or something, but it's kind of like um, you know that YouTube channel that hot ones. They, yeah, I, I'm thinking it's like that last. One they eat that's mm. super hot, like it's it's made from from something really spicy.
0: Millions. Um, of I feel their
1: pain. I feel their pain. When I was in Mexico, oh, I went up some for some stuff. roast beef and, Senor, pepper. I'm like,
0: yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, when in when in Mexico,
0: and <laughs> you know? uh,
1: I I paid for it a hard. And I'm sure it wasn't even as hot as, uh, what these guys ate. So, I mean, good on them for, for volunteering. Um, and, and Nick bitched out, but I think that has to be said. Nick bitched out. Yeah, he
0: did bitch out. Uh, I mean, Trent, Trent really holds this whole, this whole bit together. I mean, he, he's, he was the animated one about things. Like he's just like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. and, and, you know he kept complaining about it but he kept pushing forward and then you get to see him throw up at the end (laughs) or you get to hear him throwing up at the end and um i thought it was luchasaurus in the battle because they're not showing in the stall but there's jungle boy over over top the edge and 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 whatnot but uh no i think trent really really held this bit together and and kept it rolling and you know, while things were kind of getting stagnant, and then he gets up and he walks away, and then, you know, everybody's yelling at him like, you can't just walk away and, and stuff like that. And so, I mean, it just kept it interesting. Not that it was important or anything. It just, Trent really held this together, is, is how I feel. So.
1: Yeah. I, 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 what I really liked about this segment is that it wasn't sketched. Like, to me, it was just the wrestlers hanging out, having fun. Um, I like how they were razzing silver on his intro and, you know, things <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, so oh, we should just talk about real.
0: silver. We should talk about silver and how he was trying to entice everybody with the milk. He's like, you know, he's doing kind of the Johnny hungry gimmick with, with the milk and drinking it in front of his like, Oh, so good for your body and, and all this stuff. And it was good. It was, it was a good bit. I, I, I yeah.
1: really enjoyed it. it I, I think cool. I, I feel like I would have been Trent and I would have just, yeah, I'll have a second chip. I
0: ain't afraid. But I would have All paid right. for it. So next week on IWP, we do the one chip challenge. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh with that, with that being said, let's keep the show rolling. Let's get into this week's AEW Dark. Alright, this was episode 63, Daily's Place, November 24th, 2020. Two and three quarter hours. Two hours and like forty-six minutes. This episode of Dark Was. It's a pay-per-view. <laughs> Why like I mean we've well, we've talked it, about it, this? It's endlessly. an eighth of
1: a pay it's an eighth of a vanilla pay-per-view. We should say that. Well,
0: that is true, but mm-hmm. I mean it's also three quarters of a AEW pay-per-view, but I mean, we've talked about it in the past. Like this is getting out of hand. I, I don't see what's going on. I wish they would just tell us like, we're doing this because of this. This YouTube show does not need to be this long. I'm happy that all these, you know, up and comer you know, jobbers, for lack of a better term, enhancement talent are getting their shot and, and and being seen, but I feel like there's a better way to do it.
1: Yeah, I and we should say that they were adding matches like the day before right. Dark even happened, like the Sammy Guevara jurassic express like if if you look online a lot of those like those two matches are not part of the the record because they were added so late in there so they already had this huge show and then ended up adding these these two matches in and you know the little bit that i want to say about dark here is it it is really starting to become a show the stories are melting into dynamite and there's a lot of promos and after the match stuff now. So yeah. Yeah, this is uh very smackdownish. <laughs> that's that's so, a new word I just made up.
0: Nice. I like it. I like it. I approve. What I what I wonder is happening is did AEW get the green light for this secondary show? You know, and they were starting starting the process of, um, you know, trying to work Dark into more, you know, adding some of the promos and, and the after backstage interviews and stuff, trying to get some stories going for themselves. And then this show being like 13 matches, almost three hours long, was this just a, a purge of all the taped matches that they had kind of built up? you know what i mean or did they just get out what they wanted to get out and then maybe going forward it'll be a cut down to you know a, a standard 2 hours of course more match heavy but you know now it now it's a show are we are going to hear that announcement maybe next week
1: yeah I, I wonder i mean i love the fact that they're like it's very match heavy but every week when I go to look at dark, uh, I feel anxiety having to spend this much time. Cause I, I want to give it that time, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to spend another two hours, uh, doing that right yeah.
0: now. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, I mean, with all that being said, let's, uh, let's talk about some of these matches, um, I mean we got we got to talk about pretty Peter Avalon getting his first win. It's his first match as a new character. He pulls off the win against Fuego del Sol. I mean, we we talk about these dark matches. It's very it's very easy to see who's going to win these matches and when I saw that Peter Avalon was going up against Fuego, I was just like, "Oh shit, this might happen. It's going to happen for one of them." <laughs> and to be honest, after I watched the match, I was, I, I thought to myself they should have gave that to Fuego, and and they could have continued this losing streak for Peter, and it drives them insane to a point. You know, then the week after Lee Johnson could get a win over Peter Avalon. You know what I mean? Like this could be a a bit. This could be a story. Um, it wasn't just Brandon he was competing against, but. I'm also very happy that they gave the win to Peter, and and especially since he's he's transitioning to a new character, you know, pretty Peter Avalon. Um, I think it's good he get he gets his first win in AEW.
1: I, I didn't see this match. Um, I I saw a bunch of the other ones. I actually don't even watch the the full show anymore. I I watch the clips of the individual matches. So for some reason, I didn't get to this one. I saw the right. thumbnail for it, and the thumbnail was this, you know, very distressed look on Peter Avalon's face. So I assumed he had actually lost, um, not oh, no, he was
0: who he. Sorry? He was very surprised that he won. It, it was oh, the I see. face that you saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was super surprised that he won. He's like, oh, <laughs> I, I, f- I did it. <laughs> I, I
1: feel like you're right. I th- I think they should have kept this going. I think it actually would have worked. Kind of in his, with his character, so he's this pretty Peter Avalon. But you know, every week he's losing to these, again, quote unquote, jobbers. We we see the prettiness leave him. So like, you know, he he's coming. He's not shaved. He, his his robe isn't tied up. You know, like he just becomes so disheveled because of all of these losses. And then and then finally he gets his win, and he's back. He's back to being you know the the pretty guy, but right. That'd um, be good. yeah, very very cool that that he got it, and uh, I'm I'm totally interested on how he's gonna play this new character out. I, I I think it's interesting, and I think he'll be able to pull it off.
0: I I, I like that he is out in the crowd in dynamite in his heart shaped bed, just lounging out in the hillside, just chilling. The camera doesn't get on him often enough, but you do catch it, and uh, I, I, I like it. It it fits in with what he was doing with Leva Bates as the librarian. They had their table set up. They had the laptop and the, and the books and everything like that. It, it's kind of playing off of that. I uh, Peter Avalon gets it, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what this guy can do with this character. I'm glad he got the win. Also, I think it could have kept it going, but right. it was really good. Well what, what did you like about this uh what's your highlight of dark? Um
1: the one of the matches that I focused on was the hybrid two, just because I feel like I feel like this might be the time where these guys bust out. They're they're starting mm-hmm. to get, you know, matches every week on Dark and we had heard last week that um you know, they're possibly going to be on dynamite. So, um, I watched this match and then we got the, the new Hollywood blondes in there. So this was just, you know, a really good combination. So I made sure I watched this one and, um, what I thought was really cool about this. And then it's not that it's really new, but I feel like this is the way that dynamite's going is that top flight actually comes out after the match, after th two wins. And, Kind of gets revenge for the uh, TH2 attacking them in their loss right. to the Young Bucks. So I feel like I like how they're melting together the stories. They're really making this not a B show. It's uh, it's a continuation of you know what's been going right. on in the week. So uh, I just really appreciated that uh, they've been doing that. Not that it's anything new you know, Brandy, the stuff that she did on Dark and all that was, you know, very much the same, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I think it's cool that they're continuing the stories and not making Dark just be a, I don't know, what do they call it? A talented dynamite show. light. Yeah. Dynamite, dynamite light. light. I'd drink that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> new sponsor dynamite light <laughs> brought to you by LaBette. Um, yeah, no. And, and let's talk about this match really quick. This was an awesome match. I mean, we got four young, young guys who, who can really move and we can really work. Uh, I, I felt like the bigger, stronger Hollywood blondes worked well with the, with the smaller, more, uh, agile, uh, th two. Um, I thought the, the melting of the, of the styles really, really worked really well. Uh, I enjoyed this match.
1: Yeah, it was a really good match. And my really only criticism about this match and it, it might've just been my mood when I watched it is the commentary on this one. I, I felt like they didn't give these guys what they deserved. They spent a bunch of time talking about who was a better dancer. Was it Ricky Starks or Angelico? and Helico and, like if the purpose of dark is to help get these guys over and all those things, then I think commentary needs to work as hard as they do on dynamite and, you know, sometimes be a little bit less goofy than, yeah than they are.
0: But, dark commentary on dark has turned into the Excalibur and Tash show. It, it seems week to week, especially over the last, like, month and a half, they've been freer and goofier every week. And uh, I think it's time someone tightens up the reins a little bit and uh, tells these guys, remember, you're out there to make them look good. Get them over. Make sure the heat is getting across for the heels. You know, um, it... it <laughs> It's, it's the same reason I hate Bryce Remsburg is what I'm not liking with Taz and Excalibur on dark, you know, they're trying to get themselves over. I mean, they might not be trying to, but that's what's happening and they're feeding off of it and it's getting worse. But yeah, I agree with your criticism.
1: I, if the point of this is to maybe prove to TNT that they are worthy of a second show. I don't know that the commentary is helping that situation.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Th-
1: this could be the direction that Tony Khan is yeah. giving them. Maybe he has some some master plan. Uh, I mean, I, I I I I like them not being super serious all the time, but you know, in this match specifically, I felt like these guys deserved it. You know, Matt Sydal and and Alan Angels like that deserves. Good commentary. Yeah. Um, Lee Johnson, Aaron Solo, Dark Order. That deserves good commentary. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just looking at the thing here. Like Jurassic
0: Express, Panda Express. Like that could be a goofier time.
1: Right. Right. You exactly. Know what I mean? yeah. Even Sammy Guevara, Marco Stunt. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch time. that match, but. I'm sure that wasn't a serious match. I'm sure they were out there having fun. Those guys, if you watch Sammy Guevara's vlog, like, yeah. I, I'm sure that wasn't a super serious match. But I don't know. We'll we'll see where it goes. I mean, obviously, uh, Excalibur listens to to our podcast, so um, we're expecting it will change next week.
0: Yeah, tighten it up. Tighten it up. Uh, I just wanted to quickly uh, mention the waiting room. We had another installment of the waiting room. Uh, this one not as as intriguing as as the inaugural episode of the waiting room. Um, I felt this was a similar thing. Things need to be just tightened up. They need to. I know everything is is you know loose, and it's up to the talent themselves to kind of come up with what they're doing and and it's very free and and liberating for the talent to to be able to do their own stuff but somebody still has to be producing this stuff and, and there still has to be some kind of a filter this was a train wreck of a of a of a segment i i was hey we get Tay conte Ty conte sorry Ty, we get the confirmation that it is tai Conti, not Tay. And I, I I loved the joke that Britt says, yeah, like, I just hate when people get people's names wrong. Right, Reba? <laughs> and then after that, the whole thing goes to shit. And I don't know, Britt gets way, way too into what she's doing. Then we get the... John Cena jabronis out there. And, and, I mean, I'm glad I tuned out the last time these guys were on rapping. That is trash, dude. You suck. John Cena sucked. You're worse, Max Caster. Figure it out. Wow. I I didn't even finish watching. The waiting room, because it was that bad. I There's had only such seven high minutes. hopes for this. <laughs> I know I had such high hopes for this, but it, it was bad. The acclaimed are bad. Stick to wrestling, guys.
1: <laughs> um, I'll I'll just comment very briefly. I I for me, it it really went wrong with the whole comment to Renee about you know hopefully he sticks around cause you know, he didn't make right. it. T- I was, I thought that was maybe a tiny bit insensitive, but you know, maybe she knows Renee and, and all that. Um, so, you know, we won't dwell too much on that, but it was just like,
0: it was cheap heat. Yeah.
1: And, um, I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm digging the acclaim. I, I like the rapping. I, I, I don't remember John Cena's rapping but like this guy can rhyme uh and i I like the swagger the the dissing again on dark here this week they were i I forget he's taught one of them looked older and one of them was younger and they made fun of you know him wrestling with his grandpa like I'm digging it right now maybe it will get old fast but um, I'm not minding it. I, I thought that was the best part of waiting room this week.
0: <laughs> wow. I uh, I'm just going to rebuttal with one, with one thing. And, uh, Dr. Seuss could rhyme, but I would never listen to the guy rap.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Fair. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Let's, let's keep the show rolling. Let's get into this week's power rankings. This is the AEW power rankings for the week of November 25th, 2020. Did we have any changes? It's looking not so good.
1: Um, well, considering we have this, you know, big show coming and they've been working on, you know, the stories for that there, there really wasn't any changes this week. The men's division completely the same as before. Um, I, I know everyone's probably shocked that Ricky Starks is still number five, but uh still? I will confirm he's still there. Um that number five spot seems to be like a revolving door, so um you know, you're shocked it, when it's it's big not a new news person. that
0: it's t- yeah, it's two weeks in a row for him. Yeah, so good for but him. But
1: even in the women's division, Anna Jay still still at the fifth position, but uh the only changes that actually come in The women's division Serena Deeb moves from position four to position three and Penelope Ford drops to position number four. So um, I I can only assume this has to do with, uh, you know, Serena Deeb getting a couple of more wins and, uh, you know, just even looking at the rankings right now with Penelope Ford being 11 and five. It almost seems like maybe they might be putting Serena into a position to, you know, maybe challenge for the, the strap and become this dual company belt wielder. Uh, there's right. probably a better word for it, but uh, you know what I'm after. What What do you think about that? Do you think uh, we'll see Serena Deeb at the the top of the rankings soon?
0: Uh, I do. I do. I, I think I think she's she's the breath of fresh air that the women's division need needed. And um she's got the talent to back it up. I know we're still waiting on, you know, a lot of a lot of the the women's talent to come back. You know, a lot of people are talking about how disrespected the women's division are, but I I feel like they forget that you know, the the women's division in AEW suffered the most from this pandemic. They had a lot of international wrestlers. You know, they're they're trapped in their home countries. You know, Chris Stantlander is, is hurt, you know. They're they're doing with what they can. Admittedly, they, they did seem forgotten there for a while, but you know, they're 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 starting to make their efforts, you know, to, to get it back. Um and and I think Deeb is that centerpiece for that comeback. It you know it it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate that it took someone from another company to come over. I mean, yeah, she's hashtag all elite. Yes, she is the NWA Women's Champion right now, but that's okay. Like I I'm not I'm not being hung up on that. That's nothing if it takes someone from another company to come over and, and jumpstart the division, that's cool. That's cool with me. Mm-hmm. But I think deep's the one. And I, and I like that. I like that story. It, it, with how, with how Tony Khan wants to present AEW as like a legitimate sport. That's kind of what we had heard, uh, in the lead up to AEW and all that stuff, you know, it fits in with, with that, uh, dual belt wielder, you know, that happens in boxing all the time, you know, boxers are the WBO and then the WBC and the WEC, like they can have championships in all these different companies. And like, that's a normal thing. So I think it would be cool for um, it, for AEW to try to pursue that. And I think Deeb's a worthy, a worthy one um, to do that. So I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. I think you're totally right that, you know, we're not remembering that, probably almost half the women's division was Japanese um, mm-hmm. and, and, and they haven't been around. And um, we also lost a lot of women along the way. Like I'm thinking, yeah. you know, Kylie Ray, Sadie Gibbs, um, yeah. you know, so they, they were really kind of depleted and, and the pandemic didn't, didn't really help that out. So um, yeah, you know, Anna J is a breath of fresh air, Penelope, and, uh, you know, Hikaru, she have been here the entire time and they got to do something with Nyla Rose and
0: Big Swole. I'm,
1: I don't know. I don't know about that one,
0: but. They, they gave her her shot and it just didn't translate, you know, that, that's how I feel about Big Swole. I think she still has some work to do. She seems to have the character, but her in-ring ability isn't 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 there. I feel like I I feel like it's just rubbing the the audience the wrong way, but she's she's young too, like she she's only going to get better. Just yeah. got to get the reps in.
1: In the tag team division, uh also no changes. So, um do we have any tag team matches for this uh winter is coming? Maybe we'll talk about Mm. it in a bit, but I'm not, I don't remember.
0: Not actual tag teams. There is a tag team match.
1: Okay. Okay. That's weird. That's weird that we haven't uh, heard anything for that. So, no changes there. Well, let's talk about dynamite.
0: Let's do it. This was Wednesday Night Dynamite November 25th 2020 live from Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Um back to starting off with a match. We didn't have kind of the opening segment this time around. We got right into the matches. Uh this is a, a match that we learned about last week. Hangman Adam Page going up against John Silver and I mean coming off of full gear, John Silver had that awesome outing against Orange Cassidy. Hangman, we we know what he's capable of. I had really high hopes for this match, and um it delivered, but it was slow. I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about this match. I wanted to like it. I felt like I liked it, but at the same time, it was forgettable. <laughs> you know what I mean? So
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean by slow. It it did start off very um, we could say there was, you know, some comedy pieces in there. there was moments right. where just there was just standing around and they were looking at one another. you know, Silver would look at hangman's muscles and then he would flex himself like the 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 pace was just kind of not there to keep you interested, but uh by the end, like we definitely got some wrestling. John Silver was all business. This was hard hitting uh the the kicks that Hangman mm-hmm. was taking were insane. Um I I don't even know that Silver was really slapping his leg, but you were hearing his um shin pad, you know, against the the chest yeah. there and um yeah, I thought the ending of the the match was kind of the, the better part of like the last 25% of the match.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, for an opening match and the way they kind of booked it to, to start off, you know, there was a lot of, like you said, comedy. Silver was trying to get Hangman to give him a fist bump, you know? And then, yeah, it was kind of, he was trying to coax him into a flex off. Like that totally took me out of the whole episode. And when we're used to, the first match of the of dynamite being like a really fast paced high energy match that's what we've been used to in the last like 4 or 5 months to get this like i was already tuned out to the point where i almost missed the second half i was like wait a minute there's a really good match happening right here so uh, i'm glad i finally tuned back in and started paying attention and i got to see like we we got to talk about silver man like he you can say he surprised us at full gear. We knew he had the the personality from what we saw in BTE. Hadn't really gotten a chance to see him in the ring. We really ripped on Silver and Reynolds, you know, last year at the start of Dynamite, start of the AEW era. You know, these guys are like, what are we watching these guys for? Like, whatever. But, man, Silver can work. And I'm super impressed by this guy. And I mean, I just found out uh just through listening to AEW Unrestricted, like this guy's been wrestling for 15 years. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it makes sense. Of course he's that polished and and that, you know, solid with his with his kicks and and everything flows really well. And and I feel like he'd be an old school guy. Or have an old school mentality, anyways. That you know, he could probably call a match in the ring if he needed to, and and I'm sure some of this was
1: right. And and though he's small and very agile, he he's not resorting to sort of I don't know what you want to call it, new age wrestling. Like he's not doing a lot of rope stuff. It's a lot of kicks and punches and you know suplexes, like just you know, traditional kind of wrestling moves. So yeah, I, I I like what he has to offer. I it enjoy him to a certain degree on BTE and and we are seeing a little bit of that Johnny Hungy flowing into Dynamite John Silver. Um on on uh things I'm reading like on Reddit and whatnot, like uh, people are saying that John Silver is going to be, you know, the, the new leader of dark order Really, with uh, with Brody Lee being, would being kind of out of the picture. Like he is the, he is now the face of, of the dark order. And it, it's like, well, Can't yeah, he's the that. most, he's the most over
0: guy. I would say, I don't know about leader though. That's a strong word, but I know what yeah. you're saying. I just wanted to, you know, keeping on the John Silver thing, I just want to throw this one dream match out that I think kind of explains how good of a wrestler this guy is. I I want to see John Silver versus Daniel Bryan. I think these two are very, very similar in the fact that, you know, they're, they're smaller, but they're agile, strong, you know, built guys for their height disadvantage. I think these two would really work together. Now that I know that John Silver has been working for 15 years, there probably is a match out there of a John Silver versus Brian Danielson. You know what I mean? Like it's probably out there. If you guys know, hit me up on Twitter, send me a link at impromptu Jeff at impromptu Damien. I'd love to watch Silver and Daniel Bryan go at it. I think that would be a killer match.
1: Yeah, they're very similar. I'm thinking is why you're saying that. Yeah. Body types and style of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that'd, yeah that'd be very sure. cool.
0: Uh, But like you were about to say there, we get into some post-match uh, shenanigans. Maybe not shenanigans, but it's all about what happens after the match, right? Tell yeah. I mean,
1: we, we thought there was going to be some shenanigans when, you know, Dark Order comes to the ring and, um, you know, what's going to happen here? Are they going to continue to try to recruit Hangman, or is he now, uh, you know, going to feel some retribution on, on beating the new leader of Dark Order? Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's not the latter. It's, uh, it's Evil Uno again trying to recruit Hangman, playing his, um, relationship with the elite and and how that worked against him and that you know he's alone but but we're there for you 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 know where to find this kind of idea so um just real quickly here like like what do you think are are the chances on hangman joining the dark order i I get that for story wise this they have to tease this out but do you think there's a le- legitimate chance Mr. Adam Page could be a member of the Dark Order?
0: I don't. I think I think you, you tease this for as long as you can until it doesn't make sense anymore, and then and then you just pay it off. But you kind of already have the guy who's in Dark Order but's not in Dark Order in Colt Cabana. You know what I mean? And I, that'd be basically what... Hangman would be sure he'd maybe maybe start coming out with dark order. I don't think he'd ever do the hand signal, but I I could see him maybe coming out with them for a couple weeks. Maybe this is what leads into you know him kicking the bottle, getting off the sauce. I could see that being an angle, but yeah, for him to be, you know, number number 7. Is there a 7 yet? I think 7 would work good for him being uh Jack Daniels
1: <laughs> yeah
0: but to to see him be number seven we'll say uh and and start wearing purple and, and and you know having the hand up I don't see it i I just don't see it
1: i I don't see it either i I think when I was watching this, I feel like they need to to tease this and I, I see Hangman reuniting with the elite. I feel like that coming back together somehow. Um, you know, I mean maybe, we saw
0: that tease too.
1: Yeah. Um but I mean if anybody was gonna make it work, I think it could be Adam Page. I I I, I just feel like he's he's bright enough that he would find a way to make it make sense for his character and, okay. and and it would get over. But I don't think it's likely to happen.
0: So you're saying out of all kind of the, what we would call the main event roster, the main event players, Hangman Page is the one that could make it work?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like, I, you know, I mean, I think, like there's good people out there that could make it work, but I mean, make it work and make it make sense. Like Cody yeah. become becoming Dark Order, I'm sure he could do it, but yeah, it's not gonna get over. People aren't gonna like that. He's the quintessential good guy. Um, Lance Archer, uh, John Moxley, like the guys have the ability to make it happen, but it won't make sense with the fans. But I think Adam could make it make sense somehow. Like he, he would have that.
0: Right. Interesting. Interesting stuff. All right. With that, we get, we move into, a. was this a backstage interview? It was an interview of some sort. I can't remember, but, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, Alex Marvez asking him some questions. Um, basically recapping what happened last week at the, uh, you know, quote unquote contract signing. Um, of course, uh, John Moxley attacked in the back. Uh, the belt was not perfectly placed over his shoulder, it was perfectly placed beside him as I rewatched the spot. I'm sorry I made a mistake last week. Please forgive me. <laughs> but uh, this was really just a recap of what's going on. It was, I mean, it was an opportunity for kenny to to get some more heat on himself as he will most definitely be the heel going into this match next week um i just i, I still feel like kenny isn't comfortable yet i don't know there's something off with his promos it has been since the start of dynamite now admittedly so i i watched kenny in new japan But I didn't watch the, you know, the month to month shows where you saw Kenny a lot. He did most of his promos in Japanese, anyways. So I feel like he's still a little uncomfortable on American TV. There's something, there's just something awkward there.
1: Yeah. And I mean, figure it out, I'm sure. But I mean, um, I think he probably hit it there with, uh, he, you know, he did most of his promos in Japanese and with, with any language, there's, uh, you know, words that you use that emote emotion right. and whatnot. And I think it's going to take some time to, to get back to, you know, what are the things that I say that, that come off? Um, so yeah, I, I totally get what you mean by it, that he doesn't feel comfortable. I I feel like he even stumbled a couple of times on what he was going to say, maybe a bit rushed.
0: I don't know. I felt, I felt he repeated himself. Like, I feel like he said the same point twice with different words and inflection. You know what I mean? Like, Okay, you already got that point across like what's going on and again this goes back to what i said about you know dark that somebody needs somebody still needs to be the filter and and just pull back the rain sometimes because as as much as as much as what's wrong with the vanilla way of doing things there's so much good on it At, at the end of the line we're still watching a tv show and, you know, things have to flow to a certain point. Like it, like, it can't totally be scripted. Of course, that's why we dislike the vanilla brand as much as we do. But at the same time, you can't just go out and say the same thing four different times in four different ways. That's no good either. And I feel like that's what Kenny does. Comes out, he says a statement, and there's there's a conclusion to that statement. And then he goes in and and just kind of says the same thing over again. It's like, dude, you had it. Just shut up. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I think that's what this promo really exploited.
1: Did you feel like when he went to walk away and then ended up coming back, do you feel like that was genuine or was this something he was kind of planning on doing and then actually legitimately forgot to do and then came back and did it.
0: (laughs) Maybe it it was hard to say. It's hard to say for me, but uh, it it was awkward. I can tell you that. Yeah. It, It ruined the flow of everything. I mean, I liked, I liked when he came back in the, in the line that he gives about, you know, I'm pretty sure my dad could kick the shit out of your dad or however he put it. I like that, but the fact that it the lead up to that was awkward and then it loses the impact loses.
1: Yeah. You know, let's chalk it up to he, he hasn't been doing any of this like he, Yeah. Like since Dynamite started, like have we really seen a lot of Kenny Omega? Not not really. More more BTE stuff, but then he's an entirely different character there. Right, so yeah, hopefully, it'll get better.
0: When you compare it to the Young Bucks and Cody, like just sticking with the EVPs themselves, yes, we've seen Kenny a lot less than than those guys. And I mean, all we do is praise Cody on his mic skills. You know, the Young Bucks are very similar to Cody in a way they they could maybe use a, a bullet point note. <laughs> just kind of have some structure. You know, the young bucks could really use some structure cause they, Matt, Matt, especially likes to repeat himself and, and he stutters and stumbles a little bit, but these guys are new to weekly television. We got to remember that. Right. Right. So, and it's,
1: it's different than when you're just in a gymnasium in BFE. Right. So,
0: Right. <laughs> all right uh from there we get right into seeing powerhouse hobbs he's got a new moniker powerhouse making his uh team taz debut essentially his first match since joining team taz last week going up against lee johnson um talk about david versus goliath uh this match is very very quick it was very very to the point and I mean, as always, this was really just the vehicle to get Taz in the ring to do his thing. Um we can quickly talk about the match itself. I mean, Hobbs looks great. He plays that power, I mean, that powerhouse. That's a perfect nickname. That's a perfect moniker for this guy. Um, he really played that big man role really well. And I mean, we know Lee Johnson can take beating. So uh I really enjoyed this spot. I think it I, I think it fit with what they were going for here.
1: Yeah, I think the the singlet versus uh, super tight jeans and no shirt is, is really the way to go here <laughs> for powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, I did think he looked good, even though this was kind of a, a squash match. And a very predictable result here as, you know, they weren't going to have Hobbs put uh, Lee Johnson over after just joining Team Taz. Um, but uh, what did you think about the the post match stuff here?
0: Taz should stick to commentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? I I want to give Taz some props because let's—he legitimately made me feel like this was a shoot. Like I really felt like when he okay yeah dropped the mic and he was just like, "Dude, you went too far." Like doubt that you you're pathetic that you you said that that kind of thing like i i like legitimately for a second thought like holy crap like (laughs) did cody go off script or something and it's like no 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 i i get what they're trying to accomplish here but i thought it was really good
0: i mean not to take any I, i mean i i agree with this credit that you're throwing taz that even when the first mic gets cut off and he's just like 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 really and he he's yelling at Justin Roberts like all that seemed genuine i guess my gripe was is that the initial promo again another guy who might need a little bit of structure given just to help tighten things up but i totally agree with with the credit you're giving but is this just because of how well of a job cody did You know, Cody's like, you know, dude, you need to calm down. And then Cody was almost leaving. And Taz, I can't remember exactly what Taz says, but then Cody kind of turns around and snaps. And then then he hits him with the dagger. You know, things start getting real. Like, I I agree that it looked very, very shooty. But as, as well as Taz was making it feel real, Cody made it feel just as real too.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that um, seems like
0: a legitimate conflict. I, I,
1: I wonder if maybe what we're not liking about this is Taz is coming off a bit whiny rather than being right. upset at being ignored. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe that's what it is. It's just like, oh, my God, Taz is in the ring, crying again, stomping his feet instead of being like mad about it. And, and this is what I'm going to do about it. And you're not going to stop me. Like there, there's a different feeling that you get from
0: that type of promo. So chew on this. Um, what if Taz talks less and does more of what he did to Cody? Yeah if we get to see Taz coming out there and and choking people out more and more, I'll believe you more because I, yeah, again, I agree with what you're saying. It's coming off bitchy Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I'd hate to, I'd hate to call Taz a bitch, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) he's kind of being a bitch. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Did you totally think he was going to suplex Cody?
0: I thought he was going to German him. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was going to grab yeah. him around the waist and German him. But I mean, the Taz mission makes so much sense too. So yeah. that's all good. Um, I just wanted to mention I mean, you. I didn't even think about it when I watched it, but you mentioned Hobbs being in the singlet. I mean, is Taz going to groom Hobbs into himself? You know what I mean? Or are we going to see Hobbs start throwing suplexes like they're like they're super kicks or what
1: (laughs) yeah I wonder I I mean I could see it
0: if Hobbs starts doing the task mission then I mean that's confirmed right but um, no
1: the the other thing that was a bit weird about the beginning of this promo is why is he out there with the belt like why isn't the right. chap out there with the belt? Why is he holding it, carrying it around? I thought I thought that was a a little bit weird too, but I
0: I I initially thought that Taz was stripping Cage of the F T W championship and he was gonna give it to Hobbs. That's what okay. I thought was gonna happen. <laughs> I was like, Holy shit. Hobbs is the new the new the new man. Yeah. Baddest on earth, right? So
1: that would really make that belt mean worthless if you just you <laughs> sign up and you get it.
0: <laughs> oh sticks Starks is gonna be chapped that uh, he didn't get it when he signed up for team right, tax. Right. So what the hell? Where where was my tenure? Oh shit. Good stuff. That's good shit. But uh yeah, I want to see more of Taz kicking ass than crying. From there we go backstage again. Alex Marvez is with Eddie Kingston asking about Death Triangle, losing his best friend to Pac. Um, I thought I thought Eddie handled this really well. The 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 choice of words that he used. Um, you know, he he didn't really he didn't put down Penta in any way. He was really, I don't know, cordial about it, but you could still sense that you know we got issues now, and he's going to have to pay for those issues.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I I feel like every week, like Eddie is just getting more and more comfortable yes. with AW, more and more comfortable, maybe just being in his own skin, and and you know maybe being able to afford to buy a pair of boots again, that he had sold to be on the show. Uh, Right. uh, Like, yeah, he is just, he is deep in this character hard with the, the, uh, you know, I don't even know what you call it—the the bandana with the tied up in the front, uh, very <laughs> the very Tupac ish. <Tupac-ish>. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like he's deep into
0: it. Yeah, it's so he's good. Living it's so it. good. He's living it. Uh, John Moxley interrupts the interview, uh, cuts it short, doesn't even say a word. And um, again, I like what Eddie says here. Just it wasn't me. I know why you're here. You know, it wasn't me. I have my own shit to take care of. uh, You know, you got to go handle your business because I'm handling mine. And Moxley doesn't even say, did did Moxley didn't say a word that whole time. Right. He walked up, he huffed and puffed and Eddie said his thing. And then, and then he left. Right. I, I thought this was a really good segment. I think this, I, I would have liked to see another callback to this. Maybe, you know, in the next segment where he goes and, and confront somebody else. Maybe he goes and, and and confronts Lance and, and Jake or something. You know what I mean? I would have liked to see one more before we get to what we, what we saw later on in the night. I liked this.
1: Yeah. I guess they didn't because Eddie says to him, you, you know, who did this, right? It yeah. wasn't me. Right. You know, who did this? I thought the best part of this was Eddie. Mm-hmm. Because he can see Moxley out of his perif, and you get that look on his face. And <laughs> yeah. what did he do? He, like he he took his hat off, he put it on backwards, and then he just gets right into his face. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm thinking, how are they not laughing their asses off right now? Because <laughs> I would just, if I was Moxley, I would be just smiling because the way that Eddie did that. Like, it was so good, but it was just, like, it was so good. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, Like, these guys are pros. It was so good. So good.
0: I I feel like, I feel like John Moxley. Uh, no, maybe not. I I might want to take this back after I say this, but John might be that kind of Undertaker character where the rest of the locker room, when they're doing promos with him out in the ring, are just going to try to make him break. But the reason I say, Oh, I might want to take that back is because we've seen the silly side of Moxley, you know, the, the, you know, the Dean Ambrose, when he had his talk show, you know, working with Steph and and Jericho and stuff, we got to see that kind of goofy side of Moxley. So maybe he would crack a little bit easier than, than say an undertaker, but you know, this character that we're seeing right now, you know, is very, very serious. And I, I think that might be one of those goals Maybe not from Eddie because Eddie's got his own serious business to do, but I don't know. I like thinking about that, like trying to make people laugh. <laughs> yeah, It's like Saturday night live, right? Making them right. Laugh. Right. <laughs> uh, Here we get into top flight going up against hybrid two. We saw this match come to fruition from what we saw on dark and the, and on dynamite the week before. Um, if I'm being completely honest, and I've been really, I've been really high on on hybrid too. This is where I tuned out. It was it was during this match I I tuned out of dynamite, and the rest of the show was was really a blur. I don't know what it was. If it was a lack of chemistry, if it was more of that roboticness that we talked about last week with top flight, but this match just seemed very very choreographed very very stock. I I like the outcome. I like that this match happened and I like the outcome and how it kind of all went together, but just watching the match bored me. And for a you know, that quote unquote modern era style wrestling, it was very boring. I don't know what it was.
1: I think you could be right um because if you know we're always putting over Hybrid 2 Mm -hmm. But if we really, if we really analyze their matches and and I'm kind of just really just kind of thinking back to them, hybrid two can be robotic at times as well. Like, like they're really, you know, thinking through all of their moves, they perform them very well, but it can kind of be robotic. So when you have two tag teams that are kind of like that, then. It could kind of seem like they're they're going through the motions. I mean, it's also not believable that there's like a rivalry here. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it happened last week. We we haven't got any real promo stuff. Why do these people hate each other? Like, well, right. I don't get it. So there there was no emotion in there either.
0: Right. And I mean, but
1: this ending was cool.
0: Yeah, no, the, the uh, I'll put that out there. Yeah, how this how this all you know came to conclusion, um, I, I really enjoyed. I you you have to you have to feel that the the rivalry here, you talk about how there's not really a rivalry between TH two and Top Flight, it's really TH two starting this feud with the young bucks. And that's what we see at the end here. Um, if I had to make a suggestion and, and maybe you could drag this out a little bit longer, maybe this is a dirty finish. Uh, maybe it's a DQ where we don't really get a clear winner. And then that adds more tension between top flight and th two. And we can do this again while still continuing to build This feud with the Young Bucks, because I mean, at this point, it's obvious that TH2 are the next contenders, and if they're not in the top five next week, I'm gonna be really upset. You know what I mean? Right.
1: I think what they need to do then, in if this is, it's kind of what you seem to be explaining is we got like a really short program going on here, and you know, Young Bucks are gonna face TH2. Is then I would have liked to see TH2 either mocking the young bucks like really showing that this yeah. match was about the young bucks maybe being vocal you know to the mic and saying things about you know wh- where's your precious young bucks uh uh you know now like this is the only reason why you're you're even here is because of the like
0: yeah that'd be good
1: really involve the young bucks in this this i i yeah, like I, I guess I totally missed that part of you know why this match, the purpose of it really was about Young Bucks, but they could have did better at maybe showing me that by including that, you know, do do a Young Bucks move and like do yeah. it very, you know, kind of sarcastically and that that kind of thing. but right.
0: Yeah. Instead, we get, you know, we get the one-two, or it's actually a submission. We get the ending of the match, and TH2 just continues to beat on top light to where the young bucks come out for the save, and and then that's the point where you're like, okay, this is what it's really about. I, yeah, it just it just missed. It, it's is is cool, and and I I get what they're doing, and I like it, but it it could have been better. It, like you said, if they would have uh, maybe finished the match with a melter driver or something like that, you know, so- something that the Young Bucks always tease but never seem to end up getting off, you know, but TH2 comes and does it and gets a one, two, three out of it. I think that could have been just that little bit of uh, that little sprinkle of pepper on, on on the dish that made it that made it really good. But overall, the match, very robotic, very stock. From there, we go backstage once again. Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrera. Guerrero, sorry, um, cutting a little promo. Again, I gotta be honest, I had I tuned out from the match before. I totally missed this. Uh the one thing I did notice was is that Jade wasn't with them. And I thought that was weird, you know, considering that vicious vixens, Nyla and Vicky, are holding back the officials while Jade Goes on to to break Brandy's arm. Um, why why isn't Jade a part of this this spot? I don't get it. It's a missed opportunity. Well,
1: um, if you rewatch this, Vicky talks about how Nyla Rose and Jade they do their own things. Mm. Like they're you know they they, they don't uh, uh you know. Brandy doesn't control them like she controls Big Swole and and Red Velvet. Oh, okay. So I feel like there with that comment maybe that's why they she wasn't there and it almost seems like she's not really a part of the Vicious Vixens. So
0: So more so um Jade going after Brandy uh an, an enemy of an enemy is your friend kind of thing. Is that what you're saying is maybe what was going on because Vicky and Nyla kind of have their history with Brandy. So yeah, they're going to help out the new girl.
1: That's what she made it sound like. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. I, I agree with that. That works for me.
1: Yeah. Very good promo by Vicky. Thought, thought it was really, really good. And, um, the, the, really, the disappointing part for me is that Jade wasn't on the show. Yeah. You come out and, and do what you did last week, and then we get no update on Brandy. We don't hear anything from Jade, it, and it's like, oh, did it even happen? Did I just dream it?
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I I was lucky enough to stumble upon uh, an AEW social exclusive to where Doc Sampson does give us an update on Brandy. She has a radial fracture in in her, I don't know, funny bone, whatever fibula, whatever it is. I don't know. Anatomy. But, you know, for the majority of the AEW audience, probably, excuse me, probably didn't even see that or hear that. So yeah, for them to, for them to come out on the dynamite and then just to completely ignore that spot. Uh, it's it's kind of insulting to this story that they're attempting to to tell. Like, how do you just leave it out? It doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, missed opportunity not having Jade a part of this. She Even if she just kind of came into frame and started boasting about how she broke her arm, that's all we needed. That's all we needed. Right.
1: And if you look at some of the segments, they, they could be saved for another time to further this story. Mm-hmm. Miro and Kip playing video games.
0: Didn't need to happen.
1: Save it for another time. Yep. Agreed. Like you have this huge, big thing that happened and then, ah, we'll we'll put it on the side burner for a while. I don't think it was a good call.
0: No, nope. I mean, even this next little piece where we get FTR, kind of, the first time we're hearing from FTR, this didn't need to be on this episode. This could have been next week or the week after. We get that they're you know, licking their wounds in 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 the most overrated match of all time. Uh, five and a quarter stars from Meltzer. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? Wow. Don't get me started. I don't even know why you brought it up. Let's move on. <laughs> You're still not over it. <laughs> I'm not over it. The match sucked. FTR versus box sucked. I'm sorry. Uh, let's talk about uh, an actual decent tag team match as we get into Chris Jericho tagging with Jake Hager going up against Christopher Daniels and Frankie Gazarian. Uh, the complete inner circle uh, around the ring, you know, SCU really walking into um, the danger zone on this one. Um, what'd you Archer think of this reference. match? Yeah, what'd you think of this match? I. I, I I liked it again. Uh, I mentioned it last week, and uh, how the Jericho Hager versus uh, Chaos Project match—you know—it was called in the ring, and it and it showed. I really believe with uh, Jericho Daniels and Kazarian being the the savvy vets as they are, they called this one in the ring, and and it showed. And I, I really enjoyed this tag team match. Really solid wrestling match. It wasn't flashy. It was just a wrestling match.
1: Yeah. I, I expect this one to be good just because of like who was in it. And even Jake Hager, I thought was, was really good. And we've ragged on this guy, uh, you know, in, yep. in the last year. Um, yeah, this was all around good stuff. The outside of the ring stuff was really well done and, and told the story and, and everything. And, and I love how, Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit about how this is actually going to continue at least into next week. So. Right. I I thought it was perfect. Very interesting though, that, uh, you know, two, two veteran guys, Jericho being in the business 30 years in, in Daniel's, uh, since wrestling was invented, (laughs) um, that they have never met in a wrestling match before. Yeah. Um interesting.
0: I mean, Daniels Daniels worked extras. He's worked dark matches for vanilla, but never really did get the shot in vanilla that maybe he deserved when he was in his prime. He was kind of um a TNA original. Um he was one of the the I guess homegrown guys from from TNA with kind of their inception in um in the early two thousands. I mean, it's not surprising that they've never crossed paths, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like how how have these two not run into each other at least once. But you know, when you're tenured in a in a company, you know, these guys were tenured in their companies basically for the existences of their careers, in a sense. Then you know, when you think about it, yeah, but yeah, it is surprising that they've that they've never. Locked up uh, before. But uh, we got to see it. They started this match off. And I mean. This match was was solid right from the beginning. Bell to bell. Uh, really enjoyed it. Let's talk about the ending. MJF making his presence felt. Kind of. I- I'm wondering how they're going to work this. Was this. Um, a plan. Was this the inner circles. Way to get back heat. Because they kind of. Turned into the anti-heels. They they were working heel, but you you loved you, you still cheered for them. They were kind of those Stone Cold Steve Austin babyface type heels. You know what I mean? Um, was this their way to is MJF the the catalyst to get them back to be really heels? And we see that as MJF uses the dynamite diamond ring possibly the last week he has left with that ring. Um, uses it, hits Daniels with it, leads into the Judas effect one, two, three. Um, and then we get, you know, the shenanigans afterwards. What, what do you think of this ending and, and post-match hoopla?
1: I, I really like it uh, because it involved uh, MJF and Kazarian. Um, MGF getting sucker punched in the face. Right. And we'll hear about this later on in the show. And then Scorpio comes out where, you know, we've been talking about for you know the last month. Like, what are they doing with Scorpio? He doesn't really seem to be part of SCU. Is he going solo or whatnot? And he, here's a here's another thing we can book. You know, now we can have Scorpio Jake Hager. We could have Scorpio Sammy um Scorpio against anybody in the uh inner circle and that could lead to more matches. So I think it's a smart booking by by doing this and it's gonna to, to lead to more matches that will make sense. So I, I really liked it.
0: Well let's let's just skip ahead uh a little bit and let's talk about how later on in the show we do get kind of that backstage interview with Inner Circle. Jericho kind of starts it off. Um, MJF interrupts, basically talking about Kazarian and how you know who the Sucker Punch calling him out. Next week, it, it gets announced uh, Winter is coming. We're gonna see Jericho versus Kazarian. Um, MJF being a part of this Dynamite Battle Royal. Um, a few of the inner circle guys are going to be in there. Um, it, it it's interesting all the different dynamics that they can take out of this, and and I mean we've been t- like you said we've been talking about this for a couple months now. How this inclusion of MJF with Jericho and in the inner circle has opened up so many avenues for so many different stories to take place, and I mean they're just continuing it. Like we're getting even more folks forks in the road this whole inner circle business is, is the most interesting part of, of, of AEW right now. They're doing it right. Yeah.
1: Your comment about, you know, trying to get back to sort of heel status. Jericho actually makes a comment in here that really suggests that because he says, you know, yeah, we were doing all this, you know, stuff, I can't remember how he entirely mm-hmm. worded it, you know, uh, you know, we were doing all this, but we're now we're here to kick the crap out of everyone in the roster. Um, and I think, you know, this getting MGF in inner circle, uh, just uh, sort of solidifies that whole idea of, yeah, we, we got to get back to being heel. Right.
0: Yeah. No, the, the singing and dancing is over. It's time to kick some ass. Right. Right. From here, we get into the contract signing. Uh, Again, uh, Tony Giovanni, the table's back out. He introduces the cleaner. We're getting the big extravagant uh, entrance. We see the silhouette come up. Everything's looking normal, you know, business as usual. And then I think one of the coolest visuals... That I don't remember ever seeing in the world of wrestling. But we get to see that larger silhouette come. And and I mean, we know it's Moxley. And you see the attack. You know, just the way silhouette the silhouettes worked and, and stuff like that. It, it looked so cool. They were getting smaller and bigger and smaller and bigger. And finally, Moxley throws Omega through through the curtain. Brings them out to the ring. And I mean, we get one of those classic Moxley promos. Um, I loved, I loved everything about this segment. Um I think it worked for, I was a little hesitant on, on that. They were doing this so quick and, and the lack of buildup to it. But now that we've kind of seen the entire buildup together, I really enjoyed how they did all this. It, it all came together properly.
1: Yeah, the the only thing that was uh <laughs> this is a pretty weak criticism of it and I'm not trying to criticize it, but the promo lasted so long and Kenny was selling for so long.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Like it just it was <laughs> it just wasn't kind of realistic. I, it's just like Kenny get up like yeah, your paradigm shifted on the the no. belt, but Come on. You know, if that's all it's going to take. Uh That's
0: a that's a good suggestion. Maybe Kenny comes to and he starts getting up and then Moxley like interrupts the sentence. Paradigm shifts him again and then continues. That would have been kind of cool. Right, right. But hindsight's always twenty twenty, right?
1: I mean, and, and the only reason I thought that is because they kept showing Kenny. If right. the camera maybe just stayed on Moxley, then I would have forgot the fact that He's laid out. Yeah. But they you, kept showing Kenny.
0: He should have rolled out of the ring and, and been gone almost. Yeah.
1: Because it's just like, how long are you sitting there going,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just got,
1: <laughs> I don't know why I'm acting when you guys can't see me. Yeah.
0: But. I just got paradigm shift through uh, onto a belt, but my sunglasses are still on. Uh, <laughs> That kind of stuff just bugs me, man. Like just take them yeah. off. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, Moxley was awesome. Here. Yeah,
0: Moxley great promo. I like that he calls out the Cleaner character. You know, you call yourself the Cleaner. If it, you know, if you needed somebody to take me out, I you know, I know some guys in Philadelphia. I can give you their number. You know what I mean? Like I liked all that. Just calls out the fact that the attack really didn't work and and whatnot. So. I'm super excited about this matchup next week um let's just take a really quick uh you know it's not like it's a pay-per view or anything like but let's throw our predictions out uh, who will be the aew champion coming out of the beginning of winter December 2nd who are you picking
1: who who goes first here I don't know you let me go first.
0: I mean we're both picking the
1: same I, person. So. <laughs> I I feel like it needs to be Kenny. I, I like how do you kill the cleaner? How do you kill this gimmick by by taking your loss? Yeah, like that. I I don't know how you come away from that. So I feel like it has to be Kenny just for that reason. And and if they don't, and they figure out a, a way that makes sense, then, then I'll be totally shocked and that will also turn out well, but yeah,
0: that'll be cool. too. I
1: feel like this has to be Kenny.
0: Yeah. What do uh, you think? I mean, as soon as Kenny won that tournament, I mean, it was kind of 50, 50, you know, Adam page could have won the tournament again. That would have been an awesome, it, it would have worked both ways. Um, but I think with Kenny winning that tournament, you're 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 cementing the fact that Kenny is is back to being like he mentions in his promos. He's the big belt machine, he's the best in the world. Um, he is the cleaner. Yeah, you can't you can't kill that right away. So as soon as Kenny won that tournament, whenever this match was gonna happen, I had Kenny picked. Now we're hearing all the rumors. And stuff like that. Moxley might be headed off to Japan for the next couple months before his baby's born to tie up some loose ends in Japan. He is still the IWGP United States Championship. Um, Kenta has challenged him. He just won uh, the G1 Climax, I believe. So he's challenging John Moxley for the United States Championship. Um, I, I just feel like this is Moxley's chance to get some work in overseas uh, before, you know, he becomes Papa, Papa Moxley. So I think the writing's just on the wall. I hate, I hate hearing about this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like to be surprised when I watch wrestling, but um, unfortunately social media is, is what social media is. And um, I will be absolutely shocked if they give, if they keep the belt on Moxley here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? A- after this promo happened, I-, I I'm replaying our past episodes and I almost feel ashamed to admit this, but I said who like, who is going to take the belt from right. Moxley? Like, Like there was no person in the company that was gonna do it, and my only saving grace for this is Kenny wasn't on the show. Yes, like he really wasn't on the show. Yes, so if anybody's gonna do it, I I think the only person in the company to do it would be Kenny or Cody, but right, Cody's not uh, not a thing. So um, so yeah, it, it has to be Kenny. Um with the, with that i i i hope they still give us a great match mm-hmm. where we're going to say yeah we knew it was going to happen it was inevitable but nonetheless like they they crushed it
0: if it's i mean i know we're we're wrestling within the confine the confines of a of a wrestling match this time around but if it's Half of the action that we got to see in that lights out match or unsanctioned match, however they put it uh, at full gear last year, like, like these two have chemistry. It was, it was evident the, the first few minutes into that match. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of the same. Um, I think it's going to be a spectacular match. It's amazing that it's going to be on dynamite for free. Uh, and I know we mentioned that you know maybe because this is gonna be a special episode of some sort we would get a three hour episode I haven't heard of anything like that but I I hope these guys get 20 25 30 minutes I hope it doesn't sound like there's a ton of matches I think there's only the four the battle royal will probably take a while so I mean if if they do a good job of cutting down the story part of the show, the segments, and and we can make some room for the Battle Royal and then have some room for this title match, I think it'll be a really awesome Dynamite.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think Brad Alonzo can just queue up his tweet there and just put an NXT colon zero. Like, <laughs> I even, why even watching NXT next week?
0: Well, this is the big thing. This is the big question is because, yeah, it's winter is coming and we're getting this... Kenny Omega versus Moxley match, but it's also the go home show for takeover war games. And people are going to want to see how Pat McAfee is going to get back at, at Adam Cole for the attack the week before.
1: So. All right. All right. I'll give them that record NXT
0: watch it later
1: that's fine yeah <laughs> uh
0: from here we got a video package uh showcasing Anna Jay's debut with AEW it was against Hikaru Shida it was a non-title match uh, at that time it, w- it was a great match we saw from the moment this girl hit the hit the screen that she was going to be a star you know you fast forward a few months later and, and here she is challenging Hikaru Shida uh, for the championship now. Um, This was a really solid match. It was. I mean again. It was nothing really spectacular. But. we Again. We're seeing that. Comfortability. Is that a word? Sheeta is comfortable with Anna. They've locked up a couple times. Between tag matches. And whatnot. This match. Worked. It flowed. It was performed well. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Nothing flashy kept it really basic, which is I think why we enjoy a lot of j's mm-hmm. matches is she's not trying to, even though she's the star of the show, she's not mm-hmm. trying to steal the show. She's doing what she can in her abilities and she's nailing it all. And Um, yeah like I can only imagine that Sheeta and Jay have uh, a a relationship a friendship they maybe even work out together and um, it really shows in their in their matches so yeah I really like this one but uh, it, it was really really the the whole highlight of of this part of the show was the ending and I'm, and I'm going to let you talk about it because (laughs) just because if you follow the show, you know why?
0: Yeah. Um, so I mean, ever since the, the TH two top flight match, I've been playing call of duty. I'm grinding, I'm grinding guns right now. I'm grinding camos. Uh, season six is coming to an end. I'm paying attention to the show, but I mean, I'm, I'm playing call of duty and then I hear the music hit and holy shit, am I, I dropped my controller in the middle of the game. I'm, I keep dying. People are shooting me cause I'm just standing still, but I am paying attention all of a sudden. And my girl, Abaddon makes her return. She's looking, I don't know. She had the, the gimmick all done up better than ever. She comes crawling out. Sheeta, Sheeta sells this so well. I, th- I think as much as I love Abaddon, Sheeta is what sells this because she looked legitimately scared. Someone someone coached her in that. Shida sold this whole thing. I just love that she comes out, she grabs the belt. This is coming. I'm coming. I'm taking this home. I'm coming for this. And just her licking it and then the camera getting the shot that the blood quote-unquote blood, was transferred onto the belt. We see later on on social media, is like crying. She's like trying to clean her belt off. <laughs> like, I mean, I got to give props to Sheeta, man. She sold this whole bit. But yeah, Abaddon's back. It looks like she might be the next challenger. And um, I, I think this is, I, again, I used the term earlier in the show, the breath of fresh air that the women's division needs.
1: Yeah, and I'm 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 not even convinced that this was planned. I, this licking thing might have actually just been, you know, off the cuff, and it and it's totally totally awesome. Um, yeah, like I love the dripping blood, like all the way crawling out to the top of the stage. Um, if. <laughs> And this is the the type of moments we talk about all the time on this show. Is if there was fans here, yes, they would be losing their shit right now at this moment. It was so so cool.
0: I I, I really think the crowd would have popped hard for Abaddon coming out. I I really do. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see you know say say they put the belt on Abaddon here, um. You know, whenever that that does come about, whenever this match does come about, I, I just have this image of her, like, like, almost like a golem character from, like, Lord of the Rings. Like, the belt is her obsession, but she doesn't necessarily take care of it. You know, just that image of her... Licking the blood onto the belt, maybe the belt gets really dirty. It's not so shiny anymore. You know what I mean? Like it, it gets a little ratty in her possession in a way. I think that I think that's a cool visual, and I think it works with. Her yeah, character. like
1: I, like she, she comes out, and it's like almost like a ball and chain, like it's tied to her leg. Yeah, like she never carries it out. It never goes around in her, her waist. waist. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. That'd be cool. All right, uh, from here, we get uh, an, another segment that didn't need to be a part of the show. I don't know, um, Matt Hardy's been doing enough for himself on BTE, um, but I mean, again, we're just getting this new cocky character out of him talking about how he's the most innovative wrestler in history. We saw a lot of this on BTE, um, from there, something that did kind of makes sense and and i agree maybe needed to be uh on the show here but a quick little backstage promo with ricky starks brian cage and powerhouse um ricky starks here just doing what he was made to do talking to the camera um i think ricky starks really really um showed what he was made of in this promo i enjoyed it
1: yeah this was one of his best promos I thought out of everything that he's done I I thought he killed it there there was a lot more passion and vigor and I like how he's he's going after uh Cody and um I I don't remember ever hearing Will Hobbs or I guess we have to call him powerhouse now Mm -hmm. um Mr. Mr. Powerhouse. If, if he could talk on the mic, Brian cage, I feel like one episode I did, we, I said he was good at, uh, on the mic. And after hearing him at the end of the, of this segment, I was like, Ooh, I, I regret saying that. Cause you can tell he, he was, you know, in makeup practicing that one line and it still didn't come off very well. Um, so yeah, Ricky Starks was fantastic in in this segment.
0: He just didn't want to follow. Brian Cage just couldn't follow uh, what uh, Maybe. Ricky put out there. It was, it was awesome. Uh, from there, we get into the main event of the evening: Butcher and the Blade going up against the newly reunited Death Triangle in the form of Pac and Ray Phoenix. Um, this match had, you know all the ingredients to be, a, to be a classic main event. And um, as much as I was still kind of playing Call of Duty, um, I still feel like this was a really good match. I, I meant to watch it back because I, I honestly wasn't paying attention uh, to it like 100% like I should have been. But um, from the pieces that I saw when I was looking over, things seemed to be flowing really well. Um I feel like it was a good match, but again, it was all about what happened afterwards. what did you think of the match?
1: It it was totally what you would expect out of these guys. Right. So I I think if you rewatch it, you, you will see that. Like it was a really good match. Like Ray Phoenix did his Ray Phoenix thing. Pac did his Pac things and Butcher and Blade did all of their things. Um, Yeah. like, Like it was a really, really good match. The, the, probably the highlight for me of this, sadly saying, just because it it was a fantastic match and I don't want to take anything away from these four wrestlers, but it was Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Eddie Kingston was the star of this on commentary. Um, his, uh, call out to have Tony Schiavone fired, like. You know, like, how are you even still, you know, in this company? Like, could somebody do something about this already? (laughs) Like he's, he's talking to like, you know, the, the wrestling gods, like, you know, can we, can we get some, some, somebody to clean up this problem over here? (laughs) I, I thought it was totally good. Like I, so I, I can't say specifically, you know, this was a good spot or this was a good spot because I was really, really focused on listening to. To Eddie Kingston here but like you said it was all about the ending and even before the match sort of officially ends here Kingston leaves commentary and comes out and interferes right. in
0: the match yeah he pulled uh pulled Phoenix's leg as he was up on the top rope right and uh, that leads to uh to a butcher in the blade win um you know cliche aside all hell breaks loose. Um, you know what, I mean, I, I really don't remember exactly how it all went down, but I do remember Lance Archer coming out and cleaning house. <laughs> That's all I remember.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So death <clears throat> triangle, I don't know, either the familia start going at it. Uh, the bunny goes and grabs a, a chair from from ringside there and gives it to Eddie Kingston uh, to 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 use, and he throws it to the ground, and he double arm DDTs Pock twice into the chair. Yeah,
0: that's and right. And then
1: boom, the music hits because he was going to go and for a third like- one, right? I think he was going to, yeah. Or the commentary was calling for, I think he's going to do a third one. And then the music hits and Eddie Kingston, it's like he didn't know if he should stop or just pretend like he didn't know what the music was. (laughs) So there was kind of this hesitation I felt. Okay. But did you see when Lance Archer came to the ring? He does, he he jumps over the top rope, but he does it sideways and completely just blows over blade. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it.
0: Cause blade, Um, I think blade steps through the ropes and he's on the outside. And then as Lance comes running up, they do like a cross body over the top rope and blade. He's a shorter guy. So like he really had to jump, or, or whatever. But yeah, it was kind of a little awkward spot, but I mean, he completely crumbles when he gets back into the ring because of this gigantic crossbody over the top. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. But and yeah, Lance
1: ends up doing it again to Eddie and the butcher
0: right uh, yeah. off
1: the ropes. Um, yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought, you know, Lance just giving the gears to Eddie Kingston it's making it seem like we are going to see them finally maybe have some sort of program together. Who who knows? There's a love
0: triangle here now. Yeah, there is, there's, there is kind of a, again, it's options. It's keeping options open. But did
1: you notice how they did not call these guys death triangle when they came out?
0: They didn't. I didn't. I don't think they did. Did they say, uh uh de la Morte Trianglio or whatever it is. Trianglio Dela Morte.
1: Maybe. Maybe <laughs> I thought I accidentally turned on the uh
0: <laughs> the SAP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
1: was trying
0: I was trying to think what is that acronym
1: for? Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I mean it, I, I was really torn with this episode this week. Um it started off good the the tag team match took me out of it and i never truly got back into the episode um it it was mediocre for me it was it was a 5 out of 10 stars kind of kind of episode for me but uh i mean i i i like where they're taking everything i i think they're headed in the in the right directions with all the storylines they got going on <clears throat> i'm super excited for winter is coming tomorrow even or next week even though the name absolutely sucks death triangle is probably a little bit better of a name than winter is coming but uh it is what it is
1: i'm 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 surprised to hear that death triangle is uh above something else but, <laughs> right um,
0: <laughs> i don't know it's just cheesy. <laughs> yeah i
1: i yeah i i get what you feel about this episode but it, it really had some some really high points. It did. So, if we were to like graph this out, it would look really
0: peaks and valleys, you know, up
1: and down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Next week, I, I hope when we're talking about it, we are, you know, just saying really good things or not even being able to say things because yeah. there's, there's no way to put words to, to what it's about. But, We'll see what happens.
0: With that being said, uh, you know, make sure you guys are, are subscribed to the podcast. If you're on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed, following all that good stuff. Leave us a five-star rating. If it is available, be sure to check out next week's episode, as we will be reviewing winter is coming. We got a huge huge AEW championship match next week to talk about possibly a new owner of the dynamite diamond ring. We'll, we'll talk about it all next week. Thanks for listening everybody. We'll catch you all next week. Peace out.
1: Peace.